Hey everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Uh, the schedule release special schedule out this week. We are around just over 100 days from the new NFL season starting. Hard to believe, but sure we're here. Colin, Brian, Mark, Kajay. Kajay, gentlemen, how, how, how are you getting on? Good? Good. Uh, can, I suppose, really begin to, to look forward to the, the season uh, now. It get, the, the lull kind of begins... Uh, for a little while until training camp really kicks off. Uh, but um, at least we have uh, the full schedule and 17 games to look forward to. Yeah, and once you know who you're going to play for quite a few months, I suppose it's the most intriguing part is when you're going to play them and what time of the year and the, the big games, the big divisional games that you look at, when they're going to be played. And you start to, on paper, start saying, oh, we can win this, we'll lose that, we'll win this. And then, you know, come next season, you might as well throw that piece of paper in the bin because every season is very different in the NFL. Yeah, and look, congratulations to the NFL how they did it this year. Like, they made it an event. I mean, it's always an event, but this year the week one slate being released to partners and that was in the morning and then the full list comes out in the day and you break the news about some of the big games. I mean, just builds the excitement, builds the tension, builds the passion in relation to it even more. So, love it, love it. Yes, sir. Irish time, I think it was 1.30 or so. They announced the week one games coinciding with breakfast television over in the States. 2.30 Irish time, they announced the London games. Do that every year. Fantastic. Good to have the London games back as well. We'll talk about that in a little second. Boys, also have a think as well. We're going to talk about maybe a key matchup each year. Uh, tonight on the show, we've got Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. Fantastic to have Scott back in this, on the show again. Ben, our friend over from Touchdown Trips, talking about how you can get a good holiday with some college football, some NFL football and other stuff as well. And also last but certainly not least, Ireland's own from Galway, tag leader, a kicker who's making it at the minute in the Spring League. And we're hoping that he's going to become, uh, well, an Irish player in the NFL. So we can't wait. Let's jump on that news. First of all, lads, Colin, I'll start with you, man. London Games announced we've got the Falcons against the Jets in Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And we've also got the Jaguars playing Tua and the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, taking our hats off in terms of teams, it's it's a good slate of games, yeah? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a it's a properly exciting uh, couple of games. You've got uh, the intrigue of the, the young QBs. Uh, I mean, yes, uh, Tua is in his second season, but um, really he's, he's still very much a, a rookie. Uh, the opportunity for London fans to, to see Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and the unicorn that is Kyle Pitts. So there, there's something for, for everyone in, in these games. And I suppose the, the fact that the, you know, the NFL and LFL UK are, are making it happen is great to, to see. Missed out last year due to COVID, but um, we were all, I think everyone is delighted, certainly in this part of the world, um, and that they're back. And we now know, of course, with the commitment to games internationally, uh, every single team is going to have a, an international game over the, the coming years. But uh, I am intrigued the, the, by the Jaguars to see what they can do. Um, and equally, um, the Jets beginning their their new era um, post Adam Gase. Uh, surely things can only uh, get better for them. Yeah, two very enticing games. I mean, we look at the Falcons last year, and it was predominantly their defense that caused all the problems, which led to them being the the forward pick in the draft. So, you know, and now you've got Pitts going in with Ridley, Julio Jones. If he's still there, there's a lot of talk of him potentially being traded later in the in the off season, but. 
they've got a, an offense which is quite stacked, and um, you've got again a Jets team that are in a, in a rebuild to a certain extent. So it'll be interesting to see. They've done really well in the draft, offensive line to protect the new, the new quarterback, the new the new star. They did a lot of bits and pieces on offense within free agency. So you'd expect a different team. And then again, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, first pick. Everybody's been saying for years he's going to be the generational quarterback, the next John Elway, Peyton Manning. So it'll be interesting to see him up up close and live. And the Dolphins, you would expect, having had a 10-6 record last year, that they will be pushing on again this year to potentially not slip up and, and miss out on the playoffs. So two really good games to look forward to. Yeah, and look, the Finns coming to the UK, coming to this neck of the woods, there are a hell of a lot of Dublin, uh, sorry, Dublin, there's a lot of Dublin fans on this, um, but there's uh, a lot of Dolphins fans in Ireland and the UK, obviously, harking back to Marino days and the like, and they love their Finns, they love the tuna, um, and they'll be excited to see them over, obviously unlucky in terms of playoff capabilities and, you know, building up a good team there, Brian, Brian Flores, etc. So there'll be a lot of people excited to see them coming over. But, you know, guys, you know, there's there's other interesting things. I mean, you know, there's there's definitely British or UK links with some of the teams. Like, you know, Colin mentions that the carpets is a unicorn. Unicorn's the national animal of Scotland. You know, there's there's links everywhere we look. We can find, we're definitely going to find some Irish players in the teams that are coming over, whether they like it or not. Trevor Lawrence, sure he's Irish somehow. We'll, we'll, we'll round him up and get him on the show. Um, and indeed, I mean, big news, obviously, in terms of shows in London, uh, generally, I mean, provided we can bail Brian out in time for it. Um, and Michael, maybe you'll tell everyone a bit more about them. Yeah, we are going to be in London. I can't really say much at the minute, but it's all going to happen. The flights for us are booked. The accommodation, apparently, Brian is booked. It'll be a bit, a bit like the hangover. We'd probably lose him for the whole weekend. But in, in, in all seriousness, we're, we're, we're really excited to announce we're going to be in London for hopefully both games. We're going to do a show, we hope, on the Saturday and also a live show on the Sunday morning. And that's all we can really say for now. But the flights are booked. I'm flying from Belfast. These boys are flying from Dublin. Let's see which jurisdiction is handling COVID well come October. In all seriousness, great to see the NFL get it back over to London. I by the sounds of it, please, God, boys, we'll all be over there having a bit of crack as well. Looking forward to it. Um, let's Before we look at maybe a key matchup each, boys, uh, let's very quickly, week one, I'm just going to pick out week one for just very quickly. The Bucks opening up the season against the Cowboys, Colts, Seahawks, Texans, Jaguars, Falcons, Eagles, Washington playing the Chargers, Bills, Steelers, Lions, 49ers, Bengals, Vikings, Panthers, Jets, Titans, Cardinals, Chiefs, Browns, Patriots, Dolphins, Saints, Packers, Rams against Bears, Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football is the Ravens against the Raiders. But more importantly, Colin, the Giants are playing the Broncos. So Brian Colin is going to start the season 0-1. Easy. Um, I, I would love to, to be uh, that confident because I think what is going to be very interesting uh, this year is in a year, we had a year without fans, right? That was a huge advantage for the away teams. Uh, you didn't have uh, to deal with hard counts, uh, you know, false starts. The referees were refereeing, refereeing in a completely different way. Um, with fans back in the stands, all of a sudden, there'll be a lot of readjustment, I feel. So that first week could be particularly difficult for uh, the away sides. But the Broncos are stacked. That roster, I mean, you look at that secondary, um, they're, you know, look around the league, there aren't too many secondaries that stand up to it. 
um, two premier pass rushers. We're told the D line, uh, Mike Munchak. Everybody raves about him. You know, potential future Hall of Fame coach uh, for for the O line. Obviously, Juwan J- James is out. Uh, you look at the the receivers as um, you know the the Broncos are letting a fourth round pick to Sean Hamilton go because they're that stacked a receiver. Noah Fanta tight end. Realistically, there shouldn't be any excuses for the Broncos. Uh, they should they should get off to a quick quick start. Never won under Vic Fangio in September. This is the opportunity now to uh, right that wrong. But to me, this is Daniel Jones versus Drew Locke. You happy with the start, Brian? Yeah, happy man. I would have preferred this game to be later on in the season because we're going to have months now between the three of us having quite the ding-dong. That's the second shot fired in 24 hours from yourself. I'm going to remain tightly, tight-lipped on this for quite a while. But uh, look, it's an enticing game because it's week one. you know. And if it was a game in come November where both of us were out of picture, it wouldn't be so enticing. So I do agree with Colin on the home advantage, I think, in stadiums where we're not used to seeing a very... Uh, Feisty crowd, you know. I think we will see that a lot in the in the early weeks of the season because fans will have missed going to games that they would have taken for granted for years. And I think the anticipation and I've, I would imagine MetLife come week one will be absolutely heating with fans looking at, for a win and hoping to stick one over Mr. Pat Shomer. But um, it wasn't actually that game that stuck out for me. Interesting enough. Um, one of the games, and it might come as a bit of a surprise. It's the Jets at the Panthers. I mean, the NFL, look at the schedule. And what a storyline to start the season. Sam Darnold going up against his old team in the very first game. Talk about giving yourself as much motivation as one, starting a new career in a new team, potentially in his last opportunity to kind of really prove himself, going up against his former side. And then you've got Zach Wilson on the other side, starting for the Jets. If Darnell goes in and puts 350 and four quarterbacks, sorry, four quarterbacks, four touchdowns on that Jets defense in week one, can you imagine the New York Post on Monday morning? And boys, 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 no, 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 no. Let's focus on people that will actually mean something in January and February of the season. That's not going to be the Giants. That's not going to be the Broncos. And it's certainly not going to be the Jets and the Panthers. Week one is all about. Is Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers? I say yes. Is Russell Wilson the Seattle Seahawks? I say yes. Is Deshaun Watson at the Houston Texans? Well, pending Roger Goodell, I say yes. Um, and more than that, the game that stands out to me in this is actually about two teams who made the playoffs this year and both will have massive aspirations this year. It's actually the Rams versus the Bears. I mean, let's talk about the Rams and Sean McVay paying the Kings ransom for the quarterback he really wants in terms of Matthew Stafford finally on the roster and a team that can give him that opportunity. And of course the bears with the second coming of Christ in Justin Fields. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's, that's going to be an absolutely rip roar of a week one, but we're spoiled for choice. Even with this 17th game being added, like some of the games that have come out of that are just so. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's, he's, he's avoiding this conversation. You're avoiding but, the conversation. But, before he before he goes, and I know where you're going, Michael, but before he goes there, the other game, which is huge in week one um, that hasn't been mentioned, is the the Cleveland Browns going to, to Arrowhead. I think that's a huge game. Um, I mean, the Browns, I felt, needed to... Uh, they had some holes last year, they, and they were very impressive, but they, I think, of, of every team this offseason thus far as we, at the time of recording, 
they had a brilliant offseason. They uh, addressed issues in free agency. They were, had a fantastic draft. Um, I think the, the Browns are stacked. Um, I think the, the Chiefs obviously have rebuilt the line, uh, given what happened in the, um, the Super Bowl. I think that's fascinating because there is nothing in this league like having a chip on your shoulder. The Browns are going to want to show that, you know, um, they came so close to upsetting. Um, and then um, Chad Henney uh, had his moment of magic. And uh, that that ended their fantastic season. I think this is a fascinating, fascinating matchup. Will the Chiefs be up to full speed? But again, that Arrowhead crowd are really going to be up for it week one. Just the thing, there's so many games and there's so many talking points. And when we get to week one, it's going to be a very good and very interesting opening week of the season for conversations around games. But again, Steelers at the Bills. You know, Bills were high flying last year, came one game short. For a long time, people thought it might have been the Steelers who are going to be number one seed again in another storyline. Great games, and it's going to be a long, long summer looking forward to these games. And we will yeah. preview week one live from Brian's Gaff uh, at 11 a.m. on September the 17th, I want to say. No, the 9th, the 10th, I can't remember anymore. Anyway, more importantly, more importantly, September the 11th. Lads, seriously, 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 seriously. Week four, Brady going back to New England, Sunday Night Football column. Alleluia, book the next day off work. I can already see Mark crying. Do you see what Tom Brady's dad said today on, TV, on the radio? Yeah. I saw, I saw the Tom Brady tweet. No, tell me what, what did his dad say? Uh, I haven't got the direct quote, but he says that they're going to, I think they're going to stuff New England or put, put a lot of points up against them. So uh, this is going on real. They're going for thousands of fun. It's almost going for as much as Armagh against Tyrone went uh, pre-Celtic or around the Celtic Tiger time. I remember tickets were going for thousands, but it's it's ridiculous. Big game, Colin. Yeah, huge. I mean, I saw Brady's tweet where he said, "What it's like introducing your college friends to your high school friends." Um, this every this is the going to be the the biggest show in town hopefully everyone that uh, you know is is fit the interesting thing i suppose is who's uh at qb for the the patriots come week four uh will it will <laughs> it be cam or will it be uh mac jones uh i i mean look you couldn't you couldn't have uh I suppose scripted it there. I saw uh, Pat McAfee doing his uh, his bit about like the league the league helping out uh, the the Patriots in terms of the the scheduling of this. But it will be fascinating to see Brady go back to uh, back to Foxborough, back to where he had so much success. And uh, how will the crowd welcome him? I'll leave the last word to Mark, and I won't take too much of his time on this one because I know he'd be you know, really engrossed in this, in this storyline. But uh, yeah, it's the Jones, it's actually, the, yeah, it's the Mac Jones story for me. It's not the Tom Brady show. You look at the Patriots, start with the Dolphins, go away to the Jets, home to, away to the Saints. We don't know what Saints we're going to see next year before they play the books. So, you know, you've seen in the past um, the rookie quarterbacks coming in week three, week four, potentially, you know, after kind of a difficult start to the season, they've already made that transition. It'd be interesting to see when the Patriots decide, if they decide it's not the start of the season, when to bring him in. It's simple for me. Both teams are going to be three and zero going into this game, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a prime time showdown. Tom Brady with his seven rings, Bill Belichick with his eight rings. Um, I think he's going to get a great reception because, of course, everyone in New England has the greatest respect for Brady. And it's not like he's coming back and saying, "Ah, you bum, you left us, and what did you do?" It's like, well, just went out and won another Super Bowl. So I think he will be 
received warmly. And you talk about the schedulers column, of course, what they've tried to line up. If Brady averages 289 yards across the first four games, he will break Breeze's all-time passing yards record at Foxborough in a Buccaneers jersey. Now, life doesn't always work out like that. Back in the day when there were the consecutive games with a touchdown pass, they tried to line up Patriots versus Saints, Breeze's record, for the game in which Brady would break the record. Only for two weeks earlier, the Patriots to lose 13-6 to the Bungles and obviously lose the streak. So it doesn't always align as the TV networks would align. You know, maybe there's a, an injury. Maybe Brady goes for 500 yards in the first three games of the season and breaks the record before he gets to Foxborough. But my God, that will be a game to tune in and get your popcorn out. Everyone will watch every facial tick, every body interaction, every hand gesture from Belichick and Brady and try to discern into their relationship what it all means. It'll just be a great game of football, though. The best defensive mind, the best quarterback of all time. Bring it on. Can't wait. I can't wait, Deaver. Before we get into our first guest, who is uh, Scott Hansen. Lads, have we got another matchup each that we're excited for? Looking, I mean, we obviously knew the games, but in terms of the timings, uh, Colin, anyone that stands out for you? Um, Chiefs at, Ray, at Ravens, week two. Um, so the Chiefs coming off that big game in week one that I mentioned, now have to go to, to Baltimore. And um, although early in the season, uh, again, fans are going to be really up for it in Baltimore. And I think um, the Ravens, again, will feel that they have a point to prove after, um, you know, they 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 kind of got their mojo back a little bit, I think, towards the, the end of, of last year. But I think they will be disappointed by what happened uh, against the, the Titans. So um, I I think I would expect uh, that to, to be quite the, the showdown. And, um, you know, Mahomes against uh, Lamar Jackson is always an interesting one. So uh, week, week one, week two, the Chiefs should be fascinating to watch as always. Here you got, Brian. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Colin to a certain extent. It's the Chiefs again, but it's the Chiefs against the Packers, and I think it's in the the, the, the final stretch of the season, and it's um, the late, late Sunday afternoon, 9.25 game for us. But again, that will all be around whether Rodgers is there, because we were close to a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl last year, which looked a very enticing game, and it wasn't to be, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on when they play each other again this season. And then the storyline for me will be, when does Justin Fields actually start? Because you look at the Bears, you know, I wouldn't say they have a soft schedule, but they start the Rams difficult, Bengals, Browns, Lions. When do they when does he step in? That's another storyline for me. Mark, I agree with you there. He's clearly well, the, the most yeah. talented well, quarterback well, in history of the sorry, league. So I love one point in. on that, I would have thought that, but when I saw them away to the Rams <clears> in, in, in week one, Sunday night football, first, oh. first time a crowd will be in that new stadium, going against Aaron Donald. Yeah. But, no. but, but Brian, on the third day, he rose again. And I love Bears fans, but by training camp is over, he would have been already fitted for a gold jacket for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So <laughs> that was a top I don't already see not done starting now. in week one. Who's the other uh, quarterback? Who, who's going to walk in the SoFi Stadium <laughs> week one and win? No, I'm not saying you're going to win. I'm just saying, I just think the, the enormity of that week one game is a bit too much for him, bearing in mind who he's going up against. If it was a week one home game against... A divisional opponent like the Lions or the Vikings, I think, yeah, that might be better suited. But going into the Rams, first game, so we're talking about fans being out of stadium. This is actually the first game in which fans will be in that stadium. So there's that, there's a Rams defense, which is arguably the best in the league. I think it just might be just too much to put him in at that stage. Two words, two words, two words. Matt Nagy, a man with his job on the line, 
career yeah. on the line. Justin Fields starts week one. Do you agree, and, Mark? And, and Ryan Pace, don't forget as well. Yeah. Also with his career on the line. But Michael, you're looking about one of the games to look forward to. I'm just going to say to you, ho, 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 Christmas Day double header is one I'm looking forward to. Browns at the Packers, followed by the Colts at the Cards. Uh, Kyler Murray, Christmas Day treat. You know, the Browns and Packers both will have aspirations, obviously, of going all the way this season. That sounds like a good way to wind down with plenty of grub and maybe a sherry or two. And that will be at Mark's Gaff Live, uh, December 25th, 9pm. Uh, just joking. But very, just quickly for me, before we get Scott on, Lions, Bears, Cowboys, Raiders, Saints, Bills, Thanksgiving. That Saints, Bills game would have been unreal if Drew Brees didn't retire. But let's see what happens. But uh, lads, it's been good chatting to us. But uh, we've got our first guest. Calm, do you want to, do you want to bring him on, introduce him? Uh, he uh, very fortunate to, to have him back on the show. I think once people uh, hear the voice, it, it just transports you uh, to that place where you want to be every Sunday. Uh, we are delighted to be joined uh, this evening by the wonderful Scott Hansen. It's a schedulely special on Irish NFL show Friday night. Delighted to be rejoined by the god of NFL Red Zone. From the NFL Network, Scott Hansen. Scott, welcome back. Great to be with you guys. Great to be talking and feeling football. I mean, the, the schedule release to me is, I mean, look at the draft. It, you hit an emotional high at the draft. And then the schedule release, depending on if it comes before or after the draft, obviously after this year, is the one thing that you can, to me at least, I can feel the NFL season, even though we're still months away. It's a good time. It's about 100 days or so. Around that, like 100, 110 days till we see you Sunday on our TV screens again, Scott. Uh, you've been a busy man since we last spoke to you, obviously. I think it was the end of January, just before the Super Bowl. You've been in Tampa Bay. I think you were at the draft as well, Scott. It's, it's, it's been a busy enough time for you. Yeah, been a busy time. Uh, I, was, I was at the Super Bowl. I'm the in-stadium host for the Super Bowl. So if you were one of the people with, well... Usually it's, you know, 75, 80,000 people, whatever it is. This year, we only had 25,000. What was it? And about, about 30,000 live fans and then like 50,000 cardboard cutouts. Uh, but I'm the stadium host for the people that are physically in the building. And then I do the same thing at the draft, wherever the draft is, when it's, when it's a public draft, all of them except for last year, I fly to the city. And then on day three, when... You know, it's the late rounds. People don't know a lot of these college guys that are getting drafted. I go out on the stage, you know, the stage that you see on TV and everything, and I entertain the crowd in between picks with giveaways and trivia questions and, you know, just prizes and just celebrating the NFL. It's a good feel. And by the way, I, I, I don't mean to go too long on this first segment here, but the great news I have to report to, to you guys to anyone watching, even here in the United States, between the Super Bowl and, and the draft, it was two completely different feels in terms of the interaction with live fans vis-a-vis -vis the pandemic. Like Super Bowl, it was everywhere. You could totally tell this was a pandemic Super Bowl and blah, 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 like that. The draft, by the end of day three, it felt like a normal draft setting we had live fans mixing with each other people high-fiving each other still wearing masks and everything and everyone in the inner circle had to be vaccinated and whatnot but it felt like a big 
NFL football event. So I'm hoping that we can extrapolate that going or project that going forward and that, hey, by September, we are lights, camera, action, full speed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, everybody's hope. I mean, it was great to see the, the commissioner getting those, uh, those hugs and uh, high fives, as you mentioned. Uh, but I suppose even before the, the draft and, and the schedule restart, it has been quite the offseason because we had the Russell Wilson saga, uh, you know, beginning with the Dan Patrick show and that playing out, obviously the situation down in Houston. But then right before the draft, we hear the Aaron Rodgers story. And I suppose just interested in, in your take, I mean, three megastar kind of QBs who, um, you know, there was some talk about them being, um, you know, maybe unhappy uh, if we were to use that. It looks like, well, you know, nobody's going anywhere. It looks like as we record this today, your, just your thoughts on, on the, the, like the, the fact that three megastars, there was talks about them potentially being traded. Yeah. Um... Well, my take probably goes in a few different directions. And the first thing I think of is this really happens because these guys, let's just talk Russell and Aaron in particular, are established stars, okay? And their, their money is secure. Pretty much their legacy in the NFL is secure. They still both want to win multiple Super Bowls with their remaining years, but it's because they're established stars. And I think those guys also kind of look around the NFL and look around to other sports and see mega stars, which they are able to work their way into a circumstance, whether with their current franchise or work their way to a different franchise because they are the straw that stirs the drink. And I think Russell went out there and, gave the sound bites that he gave on Dan Patrick show, and then following up on some other ones. And I think Aaron Rodgers has purposely let it leak out there about his discontent to try and better their circumstance within their organization. But then the ultimate leverage is to say, I don't want to be here anymore. And do you want, and you want a star quarterback You have to have a star quarterback to win, but do you want a star quarterback who's disgruntled running your offense and being the face of your franchise and your locker room leader. So either make me happy or I'll go be happy somewhere else. That's, I think, the spirit of these type of things. But, but as you just astutely pointed out, as we sit here today, I don't think either of them are going anywhere because guess what? They're still under contract and the team would have to trade them. And I think the teams, both the Seahawks and the Packers in this instance, know that when push comes to shove, Russell Wilson's going to go out and play as hard as he can, even if he's hacked off at management or ownership. And Aaron Rodgers is going to go out and he's an ultra competitor. He's going to try and win every game and throw 400 yards and four touchdowns every game, regardless if he's hacked off at management. So unless somebody comes in, unless, you know, the Denver Broncos come in and say, here's four first round draft picks and the two starting quarterbacks that we have on our roster, here's all of it and whatever else for Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't see either one of these guys moving before this season. Scott, this week is a very exciting week for all fans. The schedule comes out. Everybody starts looking forward to potentially a good season for their teams. How much of the, the schedule do you look at from a red zone point of view or are you just like a fan like the rest of us? Do you look at it in terms of, 
there's so many games in the 6 p.m. 6 p.m. slot or the, sorry the one o'clock slot and then the afternoon slot how, how soon towards the season you start looking towards that situation yeah it's a great question um it's a little bit of both uh one I look at it as a fan I wanted I wanted to know who who is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dance partner on that first Thursday when we are all at a fever pitch. We've just drafted our fantasy team that we're convinced is the greatest thing of all time and is going to stomp all of our opponents. We can't wait to see, hey, are the Buccaneers that ended the season the same Buccaneers that will start the season? They all got, they got 22 starters remaining. What does Dak's leg look like? Therefore, what does the Dallas Cowboys offense look like? Are the Dallas Cowboys going to be one of the most overhyped teams again in the NFL? Or could they pull an upset on the Like that fever pitch, I wanted to know who, how were they going to stack that? And they couldn't have gotten a bigger one. Uh, I looked also as a fan for the Tom Brady return to Foxborough, right? So I still have not, I woke up this morning thinking about, you know, being on this show and I said, I don't know which game will get a higher television rating worldwide. Is it going to be week one, the season kickoff, Thursday night, Cowboys at Buccaneers, for all the obvious glitzy reasons there? Or is it the human drama of Tom Brady wanting to go hang 50 points on Bill Belichick's defense and, and go in there and not only just win a tough road game, but then how does the crowd react and everything, the dynamic of that? I don't know. What, do you guys, any of you guys have a guess which one's going to be the higher rated game? I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Uh, I, think it's gonna, I think, I think I'll, 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 I'll say week one because it's the season kickoff. And we've been, there's that, there's that finally, it's the, it's the morning meal of, of the, the NFL season. It is the first time we get to see it for real. And there's planning on being preseason this year, of course. But I think that first game and then Dallas being involved as well and that extra drama of Dak Prescott, how healthy is he on week one? I think, I think that that'll be higher rated, but they're both going to do massive, massive numbers. So there's the first answer I look at as a fan. The second thing is we have a saying here in the United States we say, I don't know if you guys say it over there. All politics is local. You guys ever heard that one or, or you have that one over there? Okay. <laughs> All politics is local. Therefore, everybody looks at the schedule release day suit, suiting their own purposes. I think the players look at, okay, who's our, who's our week one opponent? When's the bye week? And do I got to play in freezing cold snow at some point, right? Coaches look at, how many road games do I have in a row? When's the bye week? And, you know, where, where are our division games, right? Fans look at what's my team's schedule. What does it look like, right? Uh, everybody looks at it for different reasons. The NFL Red Zone host looks at it for his own purposes, which is how many games do I have each week in the early window versus the late window? And to that end, right before I came on here, I wrote down on a little notepad here, the splits for all the weeks, okay? Because fans hit me up on social media and when, if and when we have two games in the late window, they're like, this is so boring. It's so slow and everything. Fellas, this is the first show I'm doing since, since the schedule release. I have good news. There is not scheduled right now and things can shuffle a little bit there is not scheduled to be a two game late window the entire season 
It is three games or four games the entire time. And the three games, there are some games in that week that are still unscheduled for their kickoff time. We know that two teams are playing each other that week, that they could beef up the late window at any given point. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good schedule. Um, and then the early window has seven, eight, nine, one time 10 and one time 12 games, but that's week 18 and that's going to change. But the, the early windows are all beefy. They're all beefy. There is one week, week seven, where we have six games in the early window, which is still six games is fine. We can rock and roll. Just give me five or more in a window and, and we're good. That still qualifies for a witching hour. Obviously, if it's five, six or seven, you can't you can't hit the Octobox fully. When it's seven, we do do the Octobox. You guys have noticed that they put me in the in the eighth window. Uh, but but five, six, seven in a window is is solid. I love a full eight in a window. And then four, four or five in the late window is is like a beefy, beefy day. So we got a good schedule, I think. I'm, I'm happy with it. Scott, the seven hours of Red Zone are always enjoyable, but I feel like we're playing Red Zone Lottery now because we had an Octobox reference, which is, you know, everybody's favorite reference to break out there, you know? We've only got a quad box on Zoom going on, but, you know, the well, Octobox is... is now I see myself, so I see five screens right now, which I refer to as a Pentabox. Pentabox, well, sorry, sorry. Well, that's cool. If it's quad box for the rest of the audience there, oh. that that's cool, but... You know me, I love stacking them in. The more action you can get, the more stimulus you can get. I can't wait to pop that first octo in the first week of the season. So, well, well yeah. look, I tell you, Scott, two quick things. You've given us an idea already, which if you were the host of Super Bowl, obviously at the stadium, we really should think about you being the host of the London game and then doing Red Zone live from London at some point because you can fit it all in. So maybe you can pitch that to NFL Network at some point. But... Well, yeah, by the way, those two NFL or those two London NFL games for me, I'm talking to you guys from Los Angeles. So furthest West Coast time zone, except for Hawaii in the United States. But first, that game kicks off at 630 a.m. in my house, which I love. I love, you know, I wake up at 5 a.m. usually on Sunday mornings. So I love getting my shower, you know, getting my stuff together and having a kickoff right then leading up to red zone. But that's that's the first one that that is good for you guys and all our fans in the UK and Europe and whatnot. Like that, it feels like a normal thing because I know for you guys to stay up late and watch Red Zone is it, it's a crusher for Monday morning. I know because you guys are staying up late, so I appreciate that. And by the way, I would love to come and host one of the international games, like do something with the game if it's an independent time slot, if it's an independent time window, and then hang out and do like a like a a tailgate in the parking lot with jumbotron screens and do red zone live from there. We need to, we need to speed up the technology, you know, from, from internationally in terms of the television feed, but I'd love to do it someday. Well, Scott, we, we're going to get that sorted, but before I just had one question for you though, about your NFL career, because obviously you started off at the orange at Syracuse university. You had, yeah the ideal positional versatility that all the scouts look for. I think you was long snapper, a cornerback and wide receiver. And in fact, with one of your teammates, you shared like, what is it? 14,000, 580 yards receiving in the NFL. Yes. So that's, that's yes. pretty good going. I did. And yes. And 
uh, I had to combine with him to have those NFL stats because I was not the greatest player in the world. But Marvin Harrison, my Hall of Fame college teammate, uh, of course, of, of Indianapolis Colts fame and Super Bowl champion, was a freshman on the Syracuse football team when I was a senior. Now, it just so happens our talent level happened to be at two different, you know, at two different uh, stratospheres. So I was a senior still playing on the scout team, right, getting the starters ready for the game and practice. And he was a true freshman, little skinny kid out of Philadelphia and a true freshman usually who's on the scout team. And him and I would occasionally be the two wide receivers in a two wide receiver set on the Syracuse Orange scout team running against the starters. And uh, yeah, one of us has a gold jacket. The other one of us has a blue striped hoodie. So, <laughs> Scott, but, but I, and I joked, I saw Marvin, I saw Marvin at the Super Bowl at uh, NFL Honors. Do they play NFL Honors over there in the, in, in, uh, in Ireland? They don't, not, not, but you guys know what NFL not. Honors is, right? NFL Honors is the award show. Like it's like the Academy Awards for, for the NFL. It's the night before the Super Bowl. So I, when I'm in the, at the Super Bowl, I usually go to NFL Honors and I saw Marvin Harrison there. Uh, two years ago in uh, Miami when the Super Bowl was there. And I always joke, I said, hey, Marvin, you know I was a scrub in college, but I made it to the NFL after all these years. And I'm going to be here a lot longer than anyone else from our Syracuse teams are. Uh, and he kind of had a laugh at that. But yeah, Marvin Harrison, what an athlete. What a wide receiver, man. That's awesome. Scott, I, I feel like we could ask you a hundred different things. I'm just going to jump on a couple of things while it stands out to me. Expanded schedule, uh, games like Seattle, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Kansas City, LA, Baltimore, I think Dallas against New England. These are games that have now came out because of this extra game. That's that, that, you know, just as a fan or as somebody working in the NFL, how good is that extra game now, especially for fans? But also, are you going to find it weird to say welcome to week 18? I mean, at least we get one more red zone. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the increased game, look at. We all, rec we all love this game. We love it. And we love every aspect of it. But it is a business at the bottom line. And so it was inevitable, I think, that it was going to go to 17 games. For red zone, hey, it's one more week of red zone. Week 18, I have no issue with it. The thing that I do not like about it is that records that we've held dear, single season records under a 16-game format, kiss them all goodbye kiss goodbye maybe even this season the single season passing yardage record kiss goodbye at some point the, the single season touchdown record I think Eric Dickerson's single season rushing record is safe because we weren't talking about 2,000 yards we were talking about over 2,100 yards so an extra game no one's really gotten too close to that and even with an extra game it might not happen but like it's going to skew things but guess what O.J. Simpson back in the day ran for 2,000 yards in a 14-game schedule. And so then when they increased to 16 games, we, it still took, still took something like uh, a good decade for that record to be broken. Um, but I don't, I don't like that aspect of it because 1,000 yards rushing isn't that big of a deal even in a 16-game schedule. It's certainly not going to be a, a big deal now. We're going to need to recalibrate our thoughts 
on single season records. And we're also going to, I'm not worried about making a mistake on week 18 saying, Oh, it's week 17. It's the last week of the season. I, I don't think I'll do that. But what, what I will do and I'm afraid of right now is going, well, it looks like the Seahawks are going to be 11 and five this year. Well, no, there's no such thing as 11 and five anymore, unless you're talking about, you know, early week of January, you got to recalibrate what you expect. 10 and six is not a thing anymore, you know? And so what does nine wins mean now? We're going to really need to see over the next this year and the, the next course of years going forward, what, what is really good and what is really bad in the NFL with a 17 game total in our heads, as opposed to 16. But it's inevitable because the NFL, the owners, the players, the league wants to make more money and it's going to generate millions and millions and millions of more dollars. I think really, uh, really good point, Scott. I saw uh, Peyton Manning uh, in that schedule release video that he did where he was interning with the Broncos, made the point about the 17th game and the numbers he could have put up uh, if that was the case. But look, you've been incredibly generous with your time. Um, we'd love to invite you. Uh, we are doing live shows in London for the games. The Irish NFL show is nice. going, is going nice. to the UK. Congrats. So if you if you and Marvin Harrison want to come on over, you're more than welcome. <laughs> but um, look, Scott Hansen, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us today. Guys, always good to be with you. Love the Irish NFL show and keep it rocking and rolling. We'll, we'll talk again at some point during the season. Okay, we got a special guest on, on our special edition of the Irish NFL show coinciding with a schedule release for the 2021 NFL season. Here's a guy that we hope will be playing in the NFL very soon. A guy that's currently playing in the Spring League and he heals from Ireland. Delighted to welcome Tag, leader of the show. Tag, Falchum on Falchum. Cheers, lads, for having me on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, good. To, I've been kind of following your stuff since I got into this football world over the last few months really um so yeah no pleasure pleasure to be chatting with you thanks many for coming on tag obviously colin it's great to see somebody from here do well over in the states it, it is indeed and um you know to, to see the support that tag we, we were saying and, and definitely have seen over the last few days i mean we've seen it ourselves the kind of community that there is in ireland but uh great to see them kind of rowing in uh behind you and and what you're doing can, can you talk to us? I know you, you you grew up in Galway. I know having read some of the, I know you've done interviews uh, with, with various bits and pieces. You played a lot of sport um, growing up um, and obviously you've played rugby professionally. Can you talk to us, I suppose, a little bit about like where the interest in American football came from and, and how you uh, how you, you ended up, I suppose, uh, where you are? Yeah. Um, so at home, growing up, I, I always... I always had an interest in football from the point of view that I used to play Madden on the PlayStation. I used to uh, I used to love watching American football documentaries, um, no hard knocks and things like that. And then like any American American football movie from any given Sunday to the Waterboy, Water I used to love those. And but to be honest, that was that was as far as it went. So like it was pretty pretty basic. Um, and then. The whole so I've been in the states now probably five years, um, and everyone had always been on to me to 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 kick footballs to to play in rugby. Standard of kicking rugby isn't great, so um, when I'd be kicking well in rugby, that's like a natural thing that I always kind of get in the sidelines where people would be telling me to try it, um, <clears throat> but never did because rugby was going well and 
uh, I became eligible to play for the US team. So I was on a really good path there. And, and like growing up, that was my dream to play professionally. So I'm very happy. But then when COVID came along, in like, I think it was August 28th, I um, first kind of kicked just for fun in Boston. I was looking in Boston, just kicked for a bit of fun. And uh, with the guy who was coaching, I was coaching rugby. So a guy I was coaching at the time, he had three or four kind of raggedy old footballs that I uh, I just was kicking for a bit of crack. And that was it really. And after I kicked three or four balls, he was he was on the phone to his mates to say, hey, come down and see this guy. People walk around the track, they stopped to watch me. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe there's something more here. And then, so from there, then I met met some football coaches um, and decided to take it more seriously. That took me to San Diego. And um, it's been tough because no one's, there's no, there's no one's journey to follow or path to follow. So I'm trying to figure that out for myself as I go, um, which hasn't been the easiest thing, but also it's been enjoyable. So uh, I'm sure we can go into more detail on it all, but that's kind of how I got got kind of got started. That was my previous knowledge of football, and um, yeah, how I've got got started in the last probably that's probably seven eight months now since I since I first kicked kind of kicked the ball. Tyg, you're now playing in the American Football Spring League, so. You know, whilst American football is really of huge interest over here, predominantly it's about the NFL and a certain extent to the, the college college game. Do you want to give people just explain the background to what the Spring League is all about? And I suppose just in terms of developing players potentially into the NFL. Yeah, so it's I I had no really prior knowledge of the Spring League. I, I I knew I knew about the college game and just as you said, the college game, pro game, um, and the NFL game. And then trying to figure out when I got into this kick and trying to figure out, you know, how do I get opportunity or exposure? And I've talked to a few NFL teams, but you know, the general kind of consensus has been, yeah, you look talented, but you've never seen you do it in a game, which is totally fair. Um, and then I looked at playing Canada, um, but they wanted me to sign for three years. And then I heard about the spring league. Um, and so basically what it is, is so it's much more legitimate than probably I thought initially. Um, I think like 30 or 40% of my team has been in the NFL at some point. Um, I think that's kind of consistent across the board. So because it's funny chatting to a guy and you kind of ask about his football experience and they just kind of casually say, oh, I was with the Jets for two or three years or I was with whoever, or the, the bank, whatever it may be. Um, so it's kind of comprised of guys who've been in the league who, you know, they're out and they need they need the exposure to kind of get back in. Um, or else guys, you know, who are on draft free agents didn't get picked up. Um, so that's 99.9% of the league. And then you have someone like me who <laughs> zero experience. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest, I'm not sure if anyone else as raw as I am, but kicking's probably one of the few positions you can do it. But um, no, it's great. So it's not... I don't think anyone's getting paid to my knowledge, but um, they take good care of us and they take like they take care of everything, all our overheads and stuff. So we can just focus on on the football, um, which which is really good. And the main thing is, yeah, opportunity and exposure is what they is what the league's providing. You know, what, what all the players crave and what they're providing. And the fact um, we're playing on it, my team's based out of Indianapolis, um, in the Cold Stadium, which is phenomenal. Um, it's very very cool. So. Uh, yeah, that's kind of roughly what it is. Opportunity and exposure is the main thing, either to get back into the league or to get your foot in the door for the first time. Tyg, last year um, the XFL launched, which was kind of, I wouldn't say a breakaway NFL league, but there was players who had been in the NFL trying to get back in. Have you come across anybody that was in the XFL? Yeah, um, load, load. Yeah. A lot of the lads, yeah. And that's, um, yeah, that's actually, uh, most people, wouldn't say most, but yeah, a lot of the lads I've chatted to have, um, 
being being in the XFL and I uh, that's not looking too promising. The last I heard, um, for, for at least for another year and a bit, is what we were told most recently. Um, which is a shame because, yeah, you want you want you want opportunity. It's limited enough with the if you thirty two NFL teams and the XFL makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but with that gone, and to be honest, that's that's kind of part of what these lads are trying to do. These lads being the spring league, um, to try and kind of fill that void and see if they can kind of be that second tier is is my understanding. But Again, I'm I'm very new to it all and trying to fully understand the lay of the land. But from what I've picked up, that's that's my understanding of the of the things here. Obviously, Tag playing with the Aviators in the Spring League. I was talking to Jeff Reinbold about, about this last weekend. The NFL doesn't have at the moment that development league like the NBA does with the G League. So, you know, I think generally for fans who are, you know, miss football between January and September, or I guess February and September, it would be great to see a, a, a league like that there really take off over the next few years. But for yourself, obviously playing uh, in Indianapolis, playing in, in Lucas Oil Stadium last weekend, regardless of the result, what was it like actually? Going into that stadium and playing, I know, I know, I don't think there was any fans, was there? But it was, I'm sure it was so no. uh, a fantastic experience. Ah, oh, unreal! Um, like the we got to win the stadium the day before the game, and I've been to a lot of you know cool big stadiums around the world, played in some cool stadiums. Um, but yeah, I've never played in an indoor arena like that. Um, so just firstly, just the sheer scale of it. We, we went in there on the Wednesday to play Thursday. Um. I was just kind of like pinching myself thinking, wow, we're playing here. Like I'm playing my first ever game here tomorrow. Um, so that, that was, that was, that was pretty cool, but just trying to take it all in my, in my stride. But when I actually got out for my first ever field goal, so I've been thinking about that for a long, long time. But since I started kicking footballs, I've, you know, cause that's always been the question or even you know, my post videos on Twitter, you know, the comments would be, Oh yeah. But like what, what do you do when there's, you know, big, big lads coming at them? So, and the answer is I didn't know either. Um, you know, I, I thought I'd do well, but I didn't know either. Um, so to actually get to do that and experience that and, um, yeah, we didn't win as a team, which obviously isn't, it wasn't ideal, but the league's kind of thrown together in terms of teams trying to get their cohesion and stuff. So I don't think you want to win, but I think everyone understands that the primary, the primary thing around this is the kind of exposure side of things. Um, you're going to look better if you're winning, of course. But yeah, it was absolutely just like surreal, surreal thing. Um, I kicked my field goal, I think, with five seconds to go in the in the first half, and then going into the locker rooms, we had 15 minutes or so, and my 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 phone was blowing up because the offense and defense are doing their meetings, but special teams were kind of our own little little group over there in the corner. Um, so I remember like looking at my phone because I was curious if anyone. Like it was buzzing, 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 buzzing. Um, to see if actually I could see the video of the kick because I was curious to see the kick in terms of how much pressure was coming on me, just from a time perspective. Um, and sitting there watching it, and so thankfully someone had recorded and I could see it, and just watching, watching, I was like, oh my god, that's like that was that's me. It just felt surreal thinking like that was me two minutes ago out there. So that was really um, you know, with that drop down camera, that spider cam, whatever they what they call it. Um. So that was, yeah, that was like, yeah, I just, I don't really remember the moment itself of kicking, but I didn't watch the video to this moment. I still can't, I still can't vision it from my perspective. And um, it was all just a bit of a, a bit of a blur, but thankfully she went over. So that's the main thing. 
Yeah, and you so you uh, you got the um, the obligatory kind of pat on the head from was it one of the O line guys uh, just after it went in? It looked uh, looked very much uh, like uh, like we see on televisions on, on Sundays, but I, I suppose Tig, like you know, you 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 went and did it. Can you talk to us a little bit? I suppose in the terms of the process of of kicking, like it uh, it's so different to rugby. I mean, you are running up to kick, and and the ball isn't there as you're getting ready to to run up to kick, right? Yeah. That um, yeah, like that whole side of it is is like definitely took some adjusting too. Um, because initially I was just practicing, as they say, kicking off sticks. That's just you know like it's kind of basically on a tee, because you know for the first two or three months I didn't have anyone to hold. Um, and to get those live reps with the snap hold, so I got kind of comfortable just just getting used to kicking the football and trying to work on my technique and your your um, you know in rugby I would take four back and four to the side. Whereas here on three back, two to the side, and as they call it, the jab step, your first step. So you, I kind of start my left instead of my feet being kind of beside each other, having to start my left foot promoted in front for like a little quick short jab step. I, I it took me a month to get used to that jab step idea because I felt like I was stuck in the mud because it was just so different to to rugby or even in Gaelic football, kicking a free, for example, off the ground. You know, you, I just never started like that. So something like that, as simple as it sounds took me ages I was just in the house practicing just left foot forward left foot forward left foot forward to get used to that rhythm um and then yeah once I actually got to doing the live reps with the guys with the snap and hold the 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 timing is everything like in training the last day we try and keep it around like 1.3 seconds from from the snap to me from the snap to me getting it off 1.3 under 1.35 you should be okay if the lads up front do their job but I took 1.37 and I got blocked in training one day. And I would just be like, oh my, like literally 0.02 of a second. And the guy got fingertips to it. So like, it's, it's unreal. Um, didn't help or snapper actually got it hurt that training session. So we had a backup snapper in and like the skill is so specific, like especially the lad rip rocking between his legs. So like, you know, everyone just has to be so pinpoint or, or you're getting blocked. Um, and it's, I didn't appreciate that to be honest, when I first started kicking, uh, how precise it all is and how precise the three of you have to be um snap holder and myself um but now now being in here and having the big boys shouting at you and trying to bear down on you you realize you want to be fairly fairly lively otherwise you're in trouble so um yeah just getting my head around all that side of things was uh was was mad and yeah as i said just so specific and the smallest little error adds time time means block so it's uh, getting coming to grips with that, but I, I thankfully, uh, thankfully, I, it's it's besides that one in training, uh, that's that's been it. So hope like don't want to add many more to my uh, to my in my experience of getting getting blocked. Well, some of the some of the best head coaches in the NFL throughout the years were actually special team coaches originally before they became head coach because it's such a a niche piece of the game, the special teams. But Ty, you touched on the fact that you you were a rugby player before you before you've gone into this sport. What's the transition like, uh, more so off the field in terms of the preparation for ga- for the games and the terminology that comes with the game? I know you're special teams, but do you get any exposure to the overall p- plan for the game? Oh, like doesn't it's? I thought it'd be more similar than it was, and I, I knew it wouldn't be very similar. But I thought there'd be a certain amount of parallels, but no, like there's just not. Um, it's it's even even on game day for me, we kicked off I think at seven o'clock. So being the kicker, I I got to the stadium at like quarter past four and I was out on the pitch warming up kicking because I had to get my block of kicking done like 35, 50 minutes of 
kicking done, like warm up and kick before the rest of the rest of the the rest of the other positions got there because they kind of take over the pitch um, for both teams. So you can't really kick then. Um, so I was, you know, I started my warm up at half four, and I didn't. The game didn't finish until like 10 p.m. So from half four through to 10 p.m., I was trying to stay loose, stay active. Like that side of things I've never experienced before. It was not just just trying to not tire yourself out, but yet remain ready. And um, that was that was different. That was very different. I've never, yeah, I said never had them like that. But then in terms of things are bigger here, just in terms of the scale as well. You know, obviously I'm used to when you do rugby training, you're kind of all doing similar drills, unless you go backs and forwards for your set piece stuff. Beyond that, it's generally we're all together because everyone has to do everything. Whereas, you know, here, it's very much offense, defense, or then like even then breaking it down even to smaller groups, depending on what's going on. So that side of things has been totally different. Um, and like train, yeah, just the pattern of training. It's, yeah, it's, it's a totally new world. I'm trying to wrap my head around it, but also not getting too tied into what the other boys are doing because, um, A, I guess I don't really need to know, but like in some ways it's better not having a crazy amount of knowledge about everything because then I'm not fussy about it. Like the different the types of balls we use, like the, the guys are very anal about uh, having k-balls for kickers or versus the other the other balls everyone else uses and unless the ball's the right ball it, people kind of can throw a bit of a fit around that whereas like i'm kind of happy enough not i don't want to get not knowing too much not knowing too much so i'm not getting like too disrupted based on if something isn't perfect how how i wanted to be i can still just react and do it if that makes sense um but the balls do make a big difference as well i wouldn't say that i've, I've learned that but anyway um it's it's just yeah, totally different world, and as I said, more so than I actually ever would have thought. And culturally, just you're not mates with everyone because you can't. Um, I'm used to like you know, I'm used to being at least you know being on first name basis with everyone. But here, we've only been together like a week, um, and there's a lot of bodies. And now after the first game, some injuries, so just a new guys coming in, so you don't really have that connection with everyone um, that you maybe might have in rugby, but. Fortunately for me, being the Irish fella, they all just called me Tiger. Because so the first meeting, I said Tig, but I know it gets butchered. So I said, oh, you can call me Tiger as well if you want. So thankfully, you know, everyone's always sound to me. And they, when they see me come along, they hey, Tiger, and give like a smile and stuff. But um, yeah, like the, it's, it's, it's not as connected as, as, as rugby environments have been in. But I appreciate there's more people here. Um, so it's harder to build that. Obviously, Tig, uh, you know, you have played rugby in the States as well, but I guess with the show being in Ireland, we'll sort of look at one element of this. A lad that grew up in Castle Gar, I went to the Bish for school, if I pronounced that correctly. I've only been at Galway once. Don't kill me, lads. But uh, do, do you get a chance to go home much now? I, I know you've said, obviously, that you've been in the States for a few years. Uh, have you found it difficult even over the last year with COVID? And surely now, I mean, you've seen yourself tag the explosion almost of, of Irish NFL accounts, American football accounts over the last six to 12 months online has been incredible. And you're, you're almost at that spear front now because you're, you're the main man over there at the minute. The, I've been actually been looking into it a little bit because you're right. I think there's there's been a few guys from the UK and I think it, maybe it's uh, it's on a bigger level there. I know it's great that they get the, the Wembley and the Twickenham. Um, and one of my coaches there, we're actually heading out of the tunnel to get ready for the game. And then, he was just talking to you about being over in Twickenham for one of the games with the Browns a few years ago or something like that. As I was going through, trying to like breathe and relax and get myself ready. And I was chatting about Twickenham Stadium. But anyway, um, 
I know for 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 us with that international uh, the international player pathway program. Um, I know that that exists, and there's exceptions, exemptions, exceptions made for us foreigners on practice squads. So that's something that I was really hoping we could avail of because it would make my life a whole lot easier and probably be very likely um, then for me. But unfortunately, they don't carry kickers, but they said that might change in the near future. So I'm really hoping if any of them are listening, uh, they might they might consider me now because, yeah, from my point of view, I've already talked to some NFL teams and they showed interest and it was really encouraging. Um, but if, if all of a sudden I was coming in there and not counting it as a roster spot, hopefully, you know, that would push it through a whole lot easier. Um, so I'm really hoping that that's the avenue I can go down. But I mean, look, actually, and now that I'm here playing the spring league and getting the exposure, ideally, you just want to get yourself into camp, into a camp and just compete regardless of where you're from, just, you know, purely based off your ability. But as I said, there's, this has been tough from the point of view that I haven't, there's no one's path I've been able to follow, you know, like there's no one I've said, Hey, how did you do this? How did you do this? I'm just how to figure it out as I go. Um, so it's a little bit different from that perspective. So yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be, I've already gotten a crazy amount of messages from people back in Ireland uh, asking for help or ideas or opinions on the kind of football, like, you know, I'd say teenagers, uh, early twenties kind of age range. So already that's been happening. I'm sure that would only, continue to do so um i, I think it's it, like, uh, unreal i think experience if you could and a lot of australians are doing it now you know coming over and playing in college getting a good degree and and kicking to a high level um like amazing i know there's one or two i think there's a Kerry guy over kicking punting in georgia or something like, so i know i know this it's, it's maybe starting a little bit now but um like there's more than enough talented talented players to do it and like just the life experience is 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 very cool i i, I studied in an american university and got my undergrad so i wasn't playing football unfortunately i wish i i put two and two together there but i was playing rugby at the time um but yeah so i do hope that that there's more like more and more opportunity they might present present for irish lads but if i can be the one kind of flying the flag um and opening up the doors or like a bit of a provide a bit of a pathway um to make to make it easier for the next group of lads like that would be that would be cool and, and i'd only be happy to to kind of yes yeah, so and try and pave that path and, and help, help point people in the right direction because trust me there's many many times where i was just sitting down thinking the fuck am i supposed to do here who do i talk to who can you trust because because ev- everyone tells you you're great everyone tells you you're great every coach that is but then you know, you got to go work with them and they charge an arm and a leg. So, you know, it's hard to know like what's genuine and what's not and navigate, navigate all of that. I suppose, Ty, as I said, you came, you come later to, to the sport even, not just playing it, but like, um, I, I just suppose, is there anyone, um, and not even necessarily a kicker, but like, is there anyone that you look to either a, a current player or like a, a former pro, even maybe how they carry themselves, who you think, yeah, I, I like that. I could maybe uh, take something from from them and their style and uh, kind of bring it into, you know, what you have yourself. So style-wise, um, how we kick in rugby is different. Um, how we how we approach and strike and transfer. Well, the, the, the strike's actually pretty consistent. You know, unless you're hitting, unless you're, as they say, foot-to-ball contact is good, you're not going to have a good outcome. But kind of how we transition out of the kick, in rugby, we tend to maybe fall off a little bit more 
and kind of like drag our left ankle. Whereas in football, they don't necessarily like that a whole lot. Um, they're they're a lot more robotic and square to the ball. Um, whereas I think playing Gaelic football or soccer or rugby, we, we kind of come in a little bit more of a court no on a forty-five to the ball. Um, and our hips are kind of a little bit more side on. Um, anyway, so technique wise, I watched a lot of guys and I tried to make changes, but um the main coach I've worked with uh, his name's John Carney he played for 24 years in the NFL I think he's in the uh, top five or top three or top five point uh, top point scorers ever so I worked with John for the last two months and he's an absolute legend so in terms of to Evan um, I can't pronounce it um but like I would like to like follow in his footsteps because I did it for 24 years I'm not looking for 24 years but be great but I think I came to the sport a little bit too late for that um but just to see how he conducted himself. And I think the biggest thing is mentally as well, really, um, is like how you conduct yourself, like mentally staying engaged. As I said, I sat down for the entire first half, the last day until the last four or five seconds. And then they set a shot and field goal. And then I'm just getting on there and running onto the pitch, putting the, the helmet on. Um, but yeah, to, to follow someone, like I've, he's definitely been a mentor. Um, and I've fortunate to train with him for the last two months. So he, 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 he did well to prepare me uh, obviously for the physical aspect of kicking, but more so like how do you conduct yourself for that for that entire, that six hours as I mentioned earlier, between warming up to the end of the game. Like what are you doing? How are you doing it? You know, when the deep, you know, when the defense is on the ball, just sit down, just take just take it easy. Once the offense get on, maybe you might, depending on how long the defense is on for it, maybe you'll get to your feet, um, maybe stretch once they get to like the 40, 50. 50 yard halfway line you might maybe kick a ball or two into the net and then once you get to the 35 yard line you know you're probably up at some point so now you're now you're wait now you're more engaged in the game and, and watching but up until that point just detached from the game so all the guys would be kind of eyes on the game and watching whereas I was just on my own on the bench as far away from the game as possible not really watching a whole lot I'd look at the I'd look away from the game at the big screen the odd time but beyond that I was just kind of doing my own thing so anyway it was good Things like that, you know, unless I met him, I wouldn't have had a clue what to do. And to be honest, I would have definitely tired myself out because just the sheer time of everything, I wouldn't have known how to conduct myself. So having people like that, um, having people like that to, to pick up the phone and chat to, or as I said, work with for the last two months, definitely, definitely helped me a lot because, yeah, I was pretty, and you can watch, you can watch games, but like you're not getting that feel for off the field or you're not getting that feel for how do you conduct yourself Monday to Sunday um you know in terms of your train load and stuff so that's been really helpful um to have people like that yeah just to to get to give a call and he's john's very proud of his irish irish background he's been to Ireland a few times Notre Dame guy so yeah that that made life easier as well easier as well i think you're certainly learning from one of the best there former saints and giants kicker he had a great really good career he was a really solid kicker but i was just going to ask you about the coaches you know you're, you've discussed potentially that opportunity to go to one of the team's camps in the NFL. Have the coaches had that conversation about not just yourself, but if they see a player that they feel is justified in terms of getting an opportunity to go to the NFL, that they'll do their utmost to help the players in, in terms of the sport and progress them to the whatever team is, is interested? You mean the coaches here in the Spring League, yeah, is it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so, most thankfully, most of the coaches have coach in the NFL so most these lads are mostly you know they've done their time there and they're they're kind of retired I'd say almost they're like they're older um I think yes but it hasn't necessarily been discussed they do often talk about like you know like 
every scout's evalu- evaluating every single thing you're doing right now and like they're going to be sitting down and watching all this all this footage um things like that but i haven't necessarily had a conversation where um you know if, if this goes well we're definitely gonna get you into a team um to be, to be honest I, I don't even think my coaching staff knew that was my first game ever um, I have I didn't want to tell them too much just in case they were hesitant. Um, and I doubt they'd be seeing this, so I should be fine. And even if they did, it went well, so they're they're quite happy with me. So they can laugh about it after. But um, so yeah, as I, as I said, it hasn't been like extremely personable. I'm because I'm used to playing like you know fly half, and I've been captain in my rugby team, so I'm used to just being so hands on, so hands on, and now just polar opposite end of the scale. So like that's been. That's been quite challenging. It's actually that's been very challenging at the start. I remember to talk to one or two other guys that I know, and say, "Hey, the coaches haven't really had a good sit down or talk with them." And they're just saying, "Listen, you're the kicker. That doesn't really happen." Um, so just trying to understand, understand that. And I have to give a shout out to um, a guy whose name's Connor Mangan from Cork. Uh, he he's actually one an Irish guy that he's been he's been up in Canada and then he's been training with John as well down in San Diego. So he he actually is one guy that's kind of on the same path that's been that's been very helpful, but um and hopefully he might get in this league soon now i think he deserves it but um yeah just like as i say going back to that relationship side of things uh it's been just totally different to what i'm used to and i had to not like check my ego but just i'm used to having a conversation and dialogue you know going from nine out of ten kind of importance or having the chat with the coaches to all of a sudden you're you're just you're just over there kicking into a net um it's it's a different kettle of fish Tag, just the last one for me, man. Um, look, I can't let you leave behind this, right? I, I, have you got an NFL team even from when you were a kid playing Madden? I mean, is it the green, the Eagles with Connacht, or is it the uh, sort of the red, mar- maroon color with Galway and Washington? Or have you got like a team, or do you just enjoy watching it in general? I'm, I'm whoever wants to give me a buzz. I'm, I'll be their <laughs> man. So no, I haven't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, pin myself to a certain team. Um. I think most recently I've been playing in Boston rugby in Boston, so obviously you can't escape escape the Patriots. And you know Brady was just pre 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 Brady moving down to Tampa. So you can, and actually Nate Ebner and Patrick Chung were actually part owners of a rugby team. Um, so I guess like Patriots was the most kind of in my face um, football team just being in Boston. But as I said, I am um, I'm happy to go wherever and whenever. So. Um, yeah, I'm not going to claim any affiliation yet until I find my first team. Well, keep, keep my options open. Uh, that, that's, uh, I think that's a smart move. Um, we want to wish you continued success. It's been great to, to see. Um, you know, uh, we know that um, Pat McAfee has Aaron Rodgers on uh, during the season. And, uh, maybe uh, if, uh, if you make the league, we can, uh, we can have you as a, as a regular guest uh, <laughs> an, an hour with Tig Leader. But look, um, for anyone watching, check out Ty. He's on social media and uh, it'll be great to, to watch uh, how you get on in the spring league and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, even bigger things to come. But Ty, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Cheers, fellas. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it and you're doing great stuff for the for my newfound love sports. So um, appreciate that and yeah, hopefully there'll be plenty more Paddy's Irish lads able to, to kind of follow this path now in the future. Delighted folks to be joined uh, by Ben from Touchdown Trips MVP Travel. Also a massive Ravens fan. Ben, on the day that it is scheduled release week, uh, scheduled release day, welcome to the show. 
thanks for having me on again. It's uh, it's great to see you all. Ben, it's, it's good to see you. Obviously, uh, a quiet year last year. This is like Christmas to you now. Uh, how crazy has this week been for you? Um, it's it is uh, you know it is like Christmas week uh, with you know we're waiting 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 and a lot of fans have been waiting for a, you know, a year and a half two years for this because of because of what happened last year so I think there's a lot of pent up uh, frustration to go to the US again and see their teams live and and you know, the games have not been the same without capacity crowds so you know we're hoping that things keep moving in the right direction and it seems that you know the vaccination levels are, are pretty much on par. Um, with us and, and the US at the moment. So that's encouraging. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's just the, the time of year when we're trying to you know, hammer out itineraries and make sure we get it exactly right for every single person that wants to book with us. Um, but it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's fun. And I suppose for fans on, on this side of the Atlantic, whether it's Ireland, the UK, Germany, France, wherever, there's all, you know, there's generally a story about like how they came to be a fan of uh, the NFL and their, their particular team. Um, how did how did you first fall in love with the game? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I came to, I guess, relatively late and I was kind of 22 when I first started, um, and I'm now 42, so it's 20 years, God. But um, I, I moved to Baltimore, so it was a complete accident. I went there for, for a job uh, uh, that was unrelated to what we do now. It was travel-related, but it wasn't sports tour operating or anything like that. And uh, I just happened to be sort of posted to Maryland. So I, I moved from – I was in Landover for the first six months of 2001. So I moved in August 2001. I was this close to being a Washington fan. Uh, without realizing it and then uh moved to baltimore and uh, it was uh, obviously um it, it's called smaltimore so everyone kind of knows each other and it's a blue collar town and if you weren't watching the ravens on sunday there was something wrong with you so i, I learned pretty quickly to um if I was going to socialize with people, I needed to watch the games on a Sunday. Uh, so it was more, that's how it started. And then within a couple of weeks of, of going to this bar called Max's in Fells Point, I was kind of asking people, well, you know, why is that flag being thrown? And what does that mean? And, and this was 2001. And they, uh, they, were, they were the reigning champions at the time. I got into a lift with someone my first week living there. And, uh, and I thought the Giants had won that Super Bowl. So I was like, oh, commiserations. So I saw a Ravens hat and he was like, what, we won? Okay. And then um, six months later, I was I was really into it. And then 2002, I went to my first game. I went to two games that season. 2003, I went to another two games. And then 2004, I got season tickets. And I had those till 2011. Um, went to a ton of away games and uh, just got completely immersed in it and tailgated. That was the whole thing. You know, it was, it was um, and all, the, the fact that it was an all-day activity, I think it blows a lot of UK fans' minds. Even those that go to Wembley and kind of haven't quite, you know, had that, you rock up at 8 a.m. type of feeling and uh it was uh, it was a sort of community so loved it got immersed in it and uh, so when i moved back here in 2011 that's kind of it followed me and then it's followed you into the business side of things now they for people who are regular travelers to games in the states you know we've been over quite a few times and we've done trips individually separately booking things but also we've used yourselves and um, just in terms of how you went transition from being a fan of the game to being, I suppose it's part of your your business now. Do you want to give kind of an input on how it all came about? Yeah, I mean it was um, strongly related to the fact that I already had you know, something of a career in travel already when I moved back, and that's and I moved back here to continue what I've been doing in the US, which was related to flights. It wasn't related to um, sort of package travel and things like that. But um, and that was a good gig, but. 
in my I've always been quite passionate about sport anyway. Um, so bringing those two elements together and seeing coming back here, seeing the, the the popularity of the Wembley Games and just seeing year on year, you know, seeing people in Tesco wearing you know a Raiders you know, hat or something. Oh, actually, Raiders is a bad example because a lot of people wear Raiders hats and don't support the Raiders. But uh, but, but, you, but you know what I mean. And uh, and so it, it, we started looking into it and seeing that it was actually a viable opportunity to try and sort of go into a niche of US sports because MVP is, we do other sports too. But I knew that American football was going to lead the way. So that's why we you know, created Touchdown as a separate brand. And, um, and we really wanted to deliver, firstly, you know, a really good customer service experience because you know it's having worked in travel it's it's really important that you don't uh, you know end up being taken advantage of or going to someone that's not going to deliver what they say they are um so and uh, but, but for the, the main thing for me was um people experiencing what i had for 10 years which was you know that that whole game day experience and um, I saw people going over and, you know, getting tickets on, you know, StubHub and Ticketmaster and stuff like that, not really knowing, you know, who to hang out with or what to do. And, and I'd been to a lot of cities and I knew a lot of people that, you know, and, and I'd been to a lot of tailgates. So it wasn't just the Ravens. Um, so I thought there must be something here where we can, you know, make sure that we, you know, give people an entire game day experience, try and get stadium tours included where we can and whatever else. And for the group tours, you know, tra- uh, um, you know uh, training facilities and stuff like that. So um, it was, it was really, that was the linchpin. It was making sure that the football fan has, you know, the complete money's worth and they go there and they actually get immersed in the city. So you're going to Denver, you're going to be, you know, not just going to mile high, but you're going to be four hours, you know, beforehand outside of mile high, um, hopefully making a lot of friends. So uh, that's um, and, and that was it. So we so we just we just took it from there, and and obviously a lot of people wanted to do that, and um, the feedback's been really encouraging, and so uh, and we love doing. I mean, I love doing it. I mean, schedule release day is just a kid in a candy shop, really. With you, you just get really excited because you can see, um, you know, it's like you know the guy the guy in the Hangover at the. You know, at, the, at, the, at the table and you could just see all these potential itineraries coming together and you look at you know week 10 11 12 and you're like holy 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 crap there's you know there's like you, you've got you've got bammer lsu here and then you've got a saints home game here and then you know the following thursday you've got a tennessee game and you know this this could be this could be something great so yeah then my first experience with tailgate game was again i didn't realize what what was to be seen when i arrived at the stadium with my giants fan so i was actually at the all giant stadium and I just had this assumption to be a pub near the ground and I drink there and then I walk up to the ground. So it blew my mind when I arrived at the stadium to see all the all the cars and all, everybody drinking outside. So I just continuously walked around until I saw some American stroke Irish flags and, and walked up and said, I'm Irish. And they just said, come on in and we'll fill you a drink for the morning. So very entertaining morning. And that's exactly it. I mean, they're so the US fans are so blown away that someone's you know, bothered to fly over 3000 miles to go and see you know, their team. They, they can't get their heads around it. And, and they are, and that was, you know, that they are so welcoming. So uh, um, I'm not surprised. And especially if you're Irish in New York, that's not, that's not a bad thing to, to be. Uh, you, you're going to get beers bought for you all over the place, aren't you? One that Ben, I guess, just looking at touchdown trips, one thing that us boys have going for us, whether we're in Northern Ireland or in the Republic, is we have the USB clearance in Dublin airport. With your packages this year, can you fly from Dublin Airport direct to the US with your company? 
Oh, no, we unfortunately not. Not with us because we're a UK tour operator, so we can't mm-hmm. um, we can't uh, financially protect a package at all. Protect a package um, flying out of, of Dublin, but we do have a lot of um, a lot of Irish fans that book with us still. And there's a couple of ways they could do that. Um, we do ground packages, so some people just book their own flights, and, and we just do a ground package for them with the hotel and the game tickets and the tailgate. Um, we also can book people from Belfast, so anyone who is in close uh, proximity to Dublin um, if they can get over to Belfast we can do a um, an all-inclusive package uh, with the flights there um, uh, we do actually book Aer Lingus as well because they fly direct from Manchester to a couple of places and uh, or via Dublin uh, to other places so when you go via Dublin with Aer Lingus that is one of the bonuses you can do the, the pre-clearance um, but I think this year I would encourage anyone that's looking to book, if you're looking to book a package, then you should try and get flights included because um, there is still a degree of uncertainty with everything. Don't take anything for granted after what's happened this year. Um, And the good thing about your tour operator airfares is that we can book them and hold them and the fares guaranteed, but they don't get ticketed till much closer to travel. So if something bad happens, we can cancel that down or change it without any problems. And we don't charge under pandemic conditions we don't charge fees for that we just uh, either you know last year we had some people cancelled and we refunded some people just rolled over to uh, this year so um, i would try if you're going for a package you try and get flights because the, 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 as much as you can get included that you can change or get refunded at the moment is pretty critical and i suppose look for the three of us you know we're going to have the the matchups that we're looking forward to uh, when the schedule uh, comes out but from from your perspective, obviously, you know, you're going to look at the Ravens, but, you know, as, as somebody running um, touchdown trips, what are the, um, I suppose, the, the matchups, um, you know, that, that we have to look forward to on this year's schedule that, you know, you think fans are really going to respond to? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start with the obvious one, which is sort of the, Brady's return to Foxborough uh, with the Buccaneers. That That's going to be the the hottest ticket in the NFL this year. Um, and early indications are that the ticket prices are going to match that. So, yeah, we've got uh, yeah, a lot of interest in that game, but um, it's going to be uh, an expensive ticket. And it's offset a little bit by, you know, Boston uh, Boston flights are not too bad on, on price from the UK, but it's still going to be uh, astronomical. But, uh, I mean, it's going to be a heck of an atmosphere. So, you know, if you really want to blow out, that would be, that would be a good one to consider. Uh, and I think he'll get... I think he'll be applauded, won't he? I mean, even though the Boston crowds are pretty rough, this is a ret- conquering hero returning, isn't it? So I can uh, I can see him getting a good reception, but uh, and it will be you know, one for the ages. It was it was a bit like the the, the the nearest thing I can think of was I think two years ago um, when Green Bay were playing in New England, and it was a lot of people thought it might be the last time that Rodgers went up against Brady, and that was our most popular request that season uh, for a game. So that will be this year. I think going, I know that I'm a Ravens fan, so I might be biased, but I think actually going to the to a couple of younger guys with Lamar Jackson and uh, Pat Mahomes, or Patrick Mahomes, sorry, uh, Pat's mom, um, will be um, uh, will be a heck of a, a, a rematch as well, because obviously, you know, Mahomes has got Lamar's number at the moment as far as the head-to-head record. Um, I think that the uh, the Ravens having a crowd behind them might help this year once again at uh, MNC Bank Stadium after losing last year without any fans and that should be a great atmosphere and a great matchup I mean you, you're not going to have a lack of points normally 
in the Chiefs Ravens game. So that would be good. I think the Packers Seahawks, um, you know, on the proviso that both quarterbacks are still in situ, um, it has as always. You know, that was a, an NFC divisional game last year, um, and it's always fun. To, I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know. Need I say more? So, and also one other one, um, Jets Jags as well, just simply because you've got the number one and number two picks from this year's draft, and um, and I think that's a great option as far as if you're looking for an affordable trip because um, the Jets always price well anyway on on, on tickets um, until they're you know they've got a couple of winning seasons under their belt. Um, the prices on New York flights and hotels is always good too, and New York's just you know as easy a destination as you can wish for as far as going to a game. So I think if you want to go and see uh, sort of Zach and Trevor, then that would be a good option. Ben, you're, you're saying all the things I want you to be saying because I'm trying to get these guys to go to uh, the Giants-Broncos game in New York. So um, you're saying yeah. all the good things tonight. Can I just ask you a question? You know, the beauty of your, your job is that you're dealing with fans from throughout the league, all the different teams. Is there one group of supporters over the years that you were surprised of nearly how many fans in the UK actually supported that team? Um, yeah, I mean, because some of them have an obvious roots to the 80s. So, you know, those teams that were on Channel 4 in the 80s still have quite quite strong fan bases. Um, so, you know, I think that the... I mean, the Browns, the, the, the strength of support for the Browns is, is I think, the one that um, is truly impressive because they have been, by and large, terrible for 25 years, probably 30 years, really. Uh, give or take a few good seasons. But, um, you know, and obviously, you know, they, they were not there for four years either. So um, the fact that you've got this um, sort of diehard loyalty to Cleveland is, is truly impressive. And I think, you know, if any fan base deserves uh, some success, it's, it's Cleveland. And, and so that, I suppose that's, that's the one that, you know, it does shine out as far as, you know, having a, a really good support across the UK. Um, you know, obviously the Packers do a great job, the UK and Irish Packers, and that's not as surprising because of the sort of storied nature of that franchise and the fact that they've actually had a couple of, um, you know, Super Bowls in the last 30 years. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, and obviously, you know, the Broncos <laughs> with, uh, you know, because I mean, that was one, one of the first years, you know, we, we did, you know, we, we talked to you guys and, and the other the Broncos guys too. And it was, um, you know, that that is a, a very uh, a passionate, dedicated fan base too. And some of the nicest guys that we've dealt with as well. And, uh, and some guys that went out on that first tour in 2017, I think it was to see the Broncos that have come back year after year. And, um, you know, it's, uh, and again, that's, I mean, I remember being a kid and, you know, actually trying to draw the Broncos logo on my uh, pencil case. And it was really difficult because it was that D with a horse sticking out of it. <laughs> so then I thought, because this is why I was trying to pick a team in the eighties. And I thought, no, I'll pick the bears because I could just see that's easy. <laughs> but uh, what about, what about you guys? I mean, what have you, uh, what would, what would you say is, is the most uh, surprising that you've come across? Oh, Difficult one, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't want to offend anybody, but like, I think for me, I mean, I love what you're saying about the Broncos. I mean, in terms of not being surprised, but even the growth, like in Ireland, both north and south, this year of fans, like we've seen Browns fans and Tipperary and stuff. I mean, like, Brian, is there any other ones that stick out to you? Um, strange enough, I think the Titans, um, the Titans are a team that they, mm. I wouldn't say they float below the radar in the AFC South, but. Mm-hmm. They're not they kind of a team that everybody thinks about too much. And the last couple of years have been quite successful. They, 
they got to the championship game to beat your Ravens, you know, in, in the playoffs a couple of years back. You, no you idea. Got, you, you got your revenge this year, but they're a team that we I, I've noticed has a, a growing support in, in Ireland in particular. Well, Tennessee, I mean, I was at that game, so I definitely remember it, unfortunately. But um, uh, Tennessee is actually one of the, um, if you could, I mean, I was, I'd say if you could pick a team as a UK fan and you were on the fence now watching this, or a UK and Irish fan, I'm sorry, this is an Irish NFL show. Um, <laughs> I, I would say um, that you, you could, could do a lot worse than either Tennessee or New Orleans just because you get to go there and see them. And so you, if you're going to pick a city where you can actually have a fun time, win or lose, um, I'd say if you get Titans or Saints, um, those are probably my two favourite destinations just to go and spend a weekend you know our first gridiron tour we went to new orleans even though there wasn't a game going on just because we could we thought was nowhere better to spend three nights so um and and then also just coming back to the uh, the other fan bases i'd say the Bengals as well gets to staying in division they've actually got a, a really hardcore fan base in the uk as well so yeah they absolutely do and just one thing before i forget about it i actually went on a trip with yourself then i think it was two years ago and I, if just for anybody in Ireland, I went from Belfast and I went to London and then there and back. And it was very handy in the sense of tickets, hotel, and all was sorted. So I didn't have to annoy anybody, including my wife. So it was fantastic. Uh, just finally, then 13th of February, 2022, us four boys are looking at a Super Bowl weekend or Super Bowl week or fortnight. I know that you're doing it. So how would you entice anybody uh, in Northern Ireland or, or, or the Republic if they wanted to go maybe from Belfast to London, just over to LA and back? Yeah, I mean, we do have a Super Bowl um, tour that I take out. I lead that one. So, and and we last time was Miami. Obviously, we couldn't do last year or this year for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to do the big game, then we we try to take care of people. And uh, it would be, um, you know, if you're coming from either Northern Ireland or the Republic, if you can get in from Belfast, that's great because we're flying with British Airways, so we can just connect you straight through Heathrow to LA on direct flights. Um, and then we're actually offering a few hotel options. So we're trying to be a little bit more um, flexible with that because, you know, we, in the Super Bowl, you've got things like certain parties happen downtown and you have the Super Bowl experience at the convention center normally. Um, but aside from that, you know, you've got a bit of downtime as well. And with LA, it's, it's a bit of a divisive destination and that some people want to be, you know, in the middle of downtown and some people would say well i'd rather be in santa monica and be at the beach so um so we are offering that flexibility and then you know we're doing a transfer on, on we're doing the super bowl experience package which we're doing priority passes this year because last year we, we did regular passes and we were queuing for like an hour to miss a field goal which was disappointing so uh and then uh and then we had we had a friday night party which we'll be doing again this year and last year it was nat coombs and jeff reinbold your good friend who joined us um and that was that was great to have jeff and then uh and on, th- on the super bowl sunday we have a coach to the stadium area we have a tailgate which is not out of the back of a truck because you just can't get, unfortunately, no one lets you in with a little, you know, Weber grill to do that. You have to, you have to pretty much do the more organized party. So that was, uh, it's like four hours and it just has ridiculously good food, um, open bars and, and stuff like that. 40 players past and present at the, at the, and it was really a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to do it, just give us a shout and, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look at it for you. And if not this year, then you've got Arizona the year after that. And then, New Orleans in 2024. So if you're saving up for a Super Bowl, that's the one I'm plugging. 2024. Party time. Party. Yeah. 
Um, look, I think we could probably sit and, and chat about tailgating and chat about the, the fan bases. I, I've been following the, the league for, uh, you know, 20 plus years at this point. So I think I met fans of every single team. I'm always amazed, I suppose, at the number of Seahawks fans or the Panthers. I have a great fan base here. We could go through all 32 teams. Um, I definitely would say that going to to a game stateside and and having that in-game experience is incredible. So if you are thinking about it, um, definitely check out uh, Touchdown Trips and uh, Ben runs a great ship there. We want to thank you for taking the time to to chat to us uh, today, Ben. And uh, look, hopefully um, we are all in for, we saw that the league made it all happen last year. Hopefully they'll make it all happen again this year, but with fans. Absolutely, you know, we're we're hoping for that, and as I said earlier on, if not, then we're offering the flexibility. But I think um, the signs are looking good, and hopefully on the green list very soon.